0: You're listening to BAM Political Talk with Bob, Albert, and Matt, bringing you rational conversations during irrational times. I'm your host, Matt Brown. I have with me here Albert Kramer. Let's do this. And Bob LeBeau.
1: Let's go, Joe Jorgensen.
0: <laughs> Today is Tuesday, October 27th. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the election. We have predictions for y'all. We're going to talk about what we think the what we think is in store for the election. We have thoughts on what the major players are gonna be in terms of issues, in terms of uh, overriding factors. We have some discussion about uh, Vegas odds versus national polls. And we're at the end gonna be providing a little bit of a treat. We're each gonna take an argument aside uh, regarding which way this election might end up going and argue it whether or not we actually believe it. So without further ado, let's get going with this. Um, First off, bob vegas odds and national polls seem to be diverging a little bit these days i think you've got an eye on the vegas odds what are they saying
1: yeah matt so it's really interesting um i want to hear from albert on the polling side of things after i talk but um the last last i checked on 538 it gave president trump about a 15 to 20 percent chance of winning the uh national election and that's based on the forecasting models that they use which run trials and then And then come up with a percentage based on how many of their trials of a reasonable voter turnout based on the polls in each state um, wins Trump the election versus um, Biden. Now, under that model, we're given about a 15 to 20 percent shot of winning for President Trump. But the Vegas odds right now are giving President Trump is at plus 145, which for those of our listeners who aren't um, degenerate gamblers, uh, (laughs) what that means (laughs) is... (laughs) <laughs> For every $100 that you bet, um, you could expect to profit $145 when the bet mm-hmm. hits. It's all those numbers are based on a bet of 100
0: What does that mean in terms of a comparison with, uh, with the national poll numbers?
1: Yeah. So good question. Um, So I plugged it into a website that converts um, the odds of a ticket to your implied probability. And Uh that gives a probability of 40.82%. So that's very close to 41%. Now, if we, if we now, yes. Now the, the website that I use is oddsharks.com and they use polling averages, um, house averages, any, any gambling house that you go to is going to give you slightly different odds. All the odds are based on money coming in on one side of, you know, Joe Biden in this case and money coming in on the other side, President Trump. So Vegas odds show you the aggregate of what everybody is betting money on. You get a lot of information consolidated in. Now, will this align with the polls? Maybe, maybe not. Um, It tends to align with the polls pretty well in sporting events, but perhaps not with um, election results.
0: Well, so I guess the big question is, why do you guys think we're seeing different numbers here? Why would the Vegas odds be different when theoretically, because there's money involved, you would expect them to be closer to the actual numbers?
2: Sure. So I can take that, Matt. So a couple things. First, anytime you have a candidate that's losing by 9% on average in the national polls, to believe that they have a 40% chance of winning is sort of ridiculous. Second of all, you know, these sort of betting sites are not the same as the stock market in terms of the liquidity, in terms of the ability to, you know, short or or bet in certain ways. There's restrictions on how you can take your money out. um, And there's also a maximum amount that you can bet. So it's sort of, limits itself to folks who are more hobbyist. And if those folks who are hobbyists tend to, for whatever reason, this demographic leans to be more pro-Trump, you could get something that's totally out of whack like this.
0: Okay, interesting. So if there was more liquidity in a certain sense, if there was more money sloshing around and there are more players involved from a diverse background, you might expect to see closer to the actual likelihood?
2: I mean theoretically right if you if you believe that the stock market is the perfect way of inputting a bunch of information into a collective you know uh sort of hive hive mind greater wisdom then yes but i i think at this point it's much more useful to look at polls look at polling averages you know bob mentioned what i believe pretty much is accepted as the gold standard at this point nate silvers 538 model which has you know trump at about 12 percent chance uh you know as 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 nate said it's kind of like uh the, about the same odds as playing russian roulette and losing so it's not, <laughs> something, it's not something you would want to do right it's not something to take lightly but it's also it's it's uh, he's an underdog
0: yeah that's a that's a very apt metaphor i appreciate that um so i don't want to dwell on that too much i think it's time we move on um one thing i want to talk about is various states uh and the way they might go in the election there are a number of swing states that um are going to end up determining this election and i think there is some agreement at least among us on which way those states may go i think florida is one of those texas is perhaps one of those wisconsin minnesota ohio pennsylvania um i think wisconsin is one that we disagree on uh significantly at least in terms of what i've seen for your map bob uh yeah why do you see wisconsin as being one of the ones that could go towards trump even though the numbers seem to signify very different from that
1: sure a couple reasons so um one thing i like to highlight in this election is negative partisanship and what that means is the other side saying things or doing things to get your base riled up now President Trump is just a cornucopia of crap that he says off the cuff because that's his style. That's how he's talked even before he became president. Um, it's part of his style. So he is igniting negative partisanship at a lot of the country, which is why I'm still giving the nod to Biden in the general election. But I wouldn't be surprised if Biden gets less than 300 electoral votes. Wisconsin specifically, I think, is an area where the negative partisanship can work for Trump. I don't think that in general the law and order message was a good one, but I think with the Kenosha, um, let's be real, a lot of those protests were violent. Um, With the Kenosha violent protests on the minds of a lot of folks in that state, I think that that negative partisanship based on that law and order message of like the Democrats and the left did this, therefore we need to activate you, you need to come out and vote to stop this country from going to hell. That's the argument and I think Wisconsin is a great place for that to work. So I think that the polls in Wisconsin are underrepresenting Trump's ability to win there and the polls in general in those swing states aren't that much different from 2016. Biden has a bigger advantage, but of the states that Trump can win in that Rust Belt area, I think Wisconsin is his surefire bet, as well as Ohio.
2: So just for the record, right, the 538 polling average right now for Wisconsin is Biden up 7.1%. So we're not talking about a few points, we're talking about pretty much a, a giant lead. Now, of course, the polls could be wrong. I mean, you know, the New York Times has this really interesting feature where they basically show you what would it be like if the polls were as wrong as they were in 2016, right? So if they were, then actually Trump would have a slight lead. so, you know, I think that's sort of the argument you have to be making at this point. I think that you know these narratives, and Bob you and I disagree on these narratives and that's okay, but I think at this point we have to be honest, right? We have to be saying that for Trump to win Wisconsin, there has to be a massive polling error and it needs to be the same as it was last time. And later down the road, I'd like to talk about why I, I don't think that's gonna be the case.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, I think Ohio is much more likely in my mind to go Trump than Wisconsin is. Uh, Trump's already winning there by a little bit according to the polls right now, and uh, from years of having lived in Ohio, I can say it's a it's a relatively conservative place except for perhaps uh, Cleveland and uh, Columbus, the two of the three major cities there. Um, there were liberal bastions that have sort of fallen at this point. Um, I see. Youngstown uh, in Northeast Ohio as being one of those factory towns that's sort of fallen by the wayside and I think feels pretty uh, left in the dust by the Democrats uh, over Obama's tenure. So I, I think that Ohio is much more likely personally to, to go that way.
1: Yeah, Matt, as somebody who grew up in Ohio, um, I, I personally predicted on my map that President Trump wins Ohio but loses the election. Uh, with Joe Biden getting slightly less than 300 electoral votes. So the old truism of so goes Ohio, so goes the nation has been true for a very long time. I'd really like to get your insight, Matt, as to like why you think that is and it, why you think that might be changing because President Trump is very close in Ohio. And when I checked yesterday, I believe he was ahead a little bit. So how could that potentially be changing when he's forecasted to win um the election 12 percent of the time but ohio is might be in his territory
0: um i think ohio is sort of a microcosm for the greater country or at least had been in the past and is now diverging from that Um, so i think that's why we're seeing numbers in ohio diverging from the nation as a whole Uh, in the past ohio had a large agricultural community it had conservative cities it had liberal cities it had uh, a, a religious conservative population uh, in many areas. It also had some of the factory towns going on, like, uh, like I mentioned Youngstown earlier, uh, Cleveland as well. So it, it has a number of features of the country as a whole, um, but at the same time, more recently, I think there's less diversity and the youth are flocking away At least when I was last Mm -hmm. there, there was a lot of flight from Ohio towards other parts of the country. Um, So I think that there's a a, a changing demographic at this point that is starting to take it away from um, the microcosm that it once was. Um, Are there any other states that you guys would like to point out as ones that you think maybe we diverge on? In terms of where we think this is going. I think Arizona was another one that we've talked about a little bit.
1: Yeah, Arizona and North Carolina, I think are, are two states worth discussing.
0: In that case, go for it.
1: Yeah, so Arizona is interesting because you have a couple things going on. You have a lot of, um, you have a lot of rich white liberals from California who are getting fed up with very high taxes and very high housing costs. And especially I think with the pandemic, this is just gonna exacerbate. They're realizing that cheaper real estate elsewhere is going to be and going to give them a lower cost of living. And Arizona was one of those states in the past six, seven years or so that really had a hard time recovering, recovering from the housing crisis. So they received a lot of flight from California and Arizona also has a large growing Latino population, which is increasingly going for Democrats. So what used to be a relatively safe red state, especially around Maricopa County, where Phoenix is, that population is surging. The urban-rural divide in the country is sharpening. And I think Arizona is going to go blue this this um, this election cycle.
0: Albert, Albert, what do you think about these? Do you see Arizona as going as likely going uh democrat this time around and do you think that north carolina is an interesting state to to look at in terms of which way it might go
2: yeah i mean so i do think that arizona is going to go blue um you know it's been trending that way in the recent senate elections um it has all the demographic swings like bob mentioned you know i think north carolina is interesting because it's sort of beguiled the democrats for a while right It sort of is more conservative than you would think based on the demographics and sort of how that region has trended right i mean look at virginia and then look at north carolina you could have you know obviously not the not the same but it's sort of surprising that north carolina's remained so purple but with a with a reddish a strong reddish hue i think that's going to be if you want to look at sort of the margin of biden's victory you want to see if 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 North Carolina comes in at that two percent, which he's currently winning now or even more, you know, it's going to be a good night for Biden. If he's you know, if it's close in North Carolina or Trump has a little bit of an edge, then you've got to sort of say, OK, maybe some of these states like Florida, where he's ahead by two percent, Arizona, three percent, Georgia, one point two. You know, maybe those aren't real. He could still Biden can and would still win even if he lost all of those states but suddenly then you're worried about you know what is our what is pennsylvania looking like and if you're losing pennsylvania and you're losing florida and you're biden that's 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 a trouble
0: sure do you guys think that pennsylvania is um in play right now do you think that that's a possibility that trump could take that at this point i know that there were some comments from trump the other night uh latching on to some things that Biden said during the debates, trying to make the case for Biden ending fracking, ending any sort of oil production in Pennsylvania, which could be pretty devastating to the economy and the local workers there. Uh, do you think that those have any, those remarks have any teeth to them?
2: I, I don't, Matt. I mean, and you know, Biden is ahead on average by 5.3% in Pennsylvania. I mean, at this point, I don't know if there's really anything he could say even if he was trying to, to to lose it, that could throw the election by five percentage points in terms of people making a choice at this late in the game. I think so many people have voted already. Everything, as Bob said, is so partisan. I don't, I just don't see that. However, there could be a polling error. And if there was a polling error similar to 2016, then yeah, suddenly, you know, it's it's a very tight race. So again, that's, that's the thing that I think we have to really consider is that everything has to be Trump exceeds expectations and there's a polling error. That's why his chances of victory are mm-hmm. so low. Again, not sure. impossible, but that's like, it has to be a huge part of any any uh, scenario.
0: Yeah, it has to be that pair of roles going his way. That's pretty interesting. Um, I think it's time we move on, unless you guys have anything else you wanna say on this.
1: Just one thing I wanna to add to the Pennsylvania discussion regarding the comments that Biden made. I would say I agree with you, Albert. I think it's going to be difficult for Biden to win Pennsylvania. Uh, for, sorry, for President Trump to win Pennsylvania. But I also think it's going to be difficult um, for uh, President Trump to win much of the Rust Belt. But one thing to keep in mind here is don't underestimate the average voter voting with their personal self-interest in their wallet and being angry about the fact that they lost their livelihood their job is like didn't come back after the great recession their income took a permanent hit and now they have a global pandemic on top of that that will create a lot of angry voters on both the left and the right I just wouldn't underestimate that phenomenon based on what Joe Biden said. That's the type of voter that's likely to be influenced by debates more because they'll tend to skew older and they'll tend to skew more um, working class, um, the people who are going to really have their minds changed by a debate, than the partisans who have already largely made up their mind.
0: That's a great transition, Bob, into the next segment we wanted to talk about, where we're going to talk about some of the major effects, some of the major players. Uh, in this election. One of the things we wanted to talk about was partisan uh, partisan intensity. We also wanted yeah. to talk about the economy and COVID, uh, law and order, uh, oil, which I think we've already covered a little bit, and in mail-in voting was another large player, I think, in this election. So you've just covered uh, COVID and the economy a little bit in terms of the Great Recession taking away, um, taking away wages, taking away uh, money from, from working families. I think COVID is the other massive player uh, in my mind right now um, that is by far the biggest player in all of this mm-hmm. in terms of just individuals worrying about where they're going to get their next meal for their children and their families mm-hmm. um, in the next week coming up. And I think that's going to motivate a lot of people to go to the polls this time around. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, actually, I do know that you guys saw because we talked about it yesterday. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin, for instance, Wisconsin is a a large player at this point in terms of which way it might go. It could go either way. It's looking a little more towards Biden at this point. But the numbers for COVID in Wisconsin are massive. I think it's like the third highest per capita rate right now in the country, maybe fourth after like Montana, South Dakota, and North Mm -hmm. Dakota. So that is going to be a massive player. And hopefully people have gotten in their votes beforehand or are doing mail-in ballots because... COVID being so powerful right now there, uh, combined with everyone waiting in line at polling stations is gonna be an absolute mess. What do you guys think uh, are other major players um, right now, or maybe you wanna go into one of the ones i mentioned so far?
2: Yeah, I mean, just to take that, Matt, and, and the what's going on in Wisconsin is scary. And that's why I think if you take a step back and just say, hey, you have, you know, a deeply unpopular incumbent who is in the midst of, you know, a historic national crisis, and in important swing states, that national crisis is getting worse. I don't think that that would bode well in terms of, you know, where is the wind at which candidates back. Um, you know, I think the only thing that matters is COVID and the economy, and they're basically the same thing. You can't get the economy going until you have COVID under control, and. President Trump, and this is a referendum on President Trump, and he has, you know, he's skirting at about 42% approval. That's really hard if you want to get an additional 8% when you're also not really appealing to folks outside of your base.
0: At the same time, Bob, I know you've made the case for Law and Order being a powerful player in Wisconsin, at least, Um along with other states around there, do you see law and order as perhaps having a larger effect than COVID at this point in states like Wisconsin?
1: It's a good question. Um, I'm not, I, I don't think so, but um, I don't see the response to COVID playing out in, qu- I don't think, in quite the way Albert does, because Covid on the on the right on Trump's in in, as it pertains to Trump's base um, being skeptical of lockdowns, downplaying mask efficacy, downplaying how many people are dying, downplaying how deadly the disease is in terms of the flu. That's activating a lot of voters. More people are going to get covid. I don't know about you guys, but a lot of people in my social circle I know probably five, six, seven people that have had COVID or are currently dealing with COVID. Um, all of them are recovering because I know a lot of young people. Now, the chance that one of them gets unlucky and dies is very, very, very real. But if you look at it in the aggregate, a lot of people might take that evidence if they have similar social circles and say, oh, hey, it's not that big of a deal. You know, all, Everybody I know has recovered. It was like a cold. It was like the flu. The Democrats just want to control everything. We all know that that's not true, but in the minds of a lot of these voters, with COVID running rampant in Wisconsin, that could activate them even more in support of President Trump. I do agree that the virus is in control of this economy. Like it or not, people are spending less money. They're going to less places. They don't feel confident about their jobs. So that is going to play very largely in the minds of voters, and I think president trump gets a net negative effect due to it
0: sure sure that's reasonable um i think mail-in voting is another one that's going to be a huge player in this election that could end up determining the outcome in certain states um i was looking at an npr story yesterday that was talking about 62 million votes already being in at this point which is massive massive. That is, if you think of our country as being around 300 million people, not counting perhaps uh, illegal immigrants, um, that's like 20% of the country right there. Um, And that's half of the 2016 turnout right there. So already we have half of the 2016 turnout, and it's still a week until the election right now. So I guess... Yeah, one week until the election right now. Yeah, and so I I see that being a big player. It's
2: it's it's a huge player, Matt, and I think it's a it's a a huge sort of unknown factor that any of us would be making it up right now if we said we knew what that meant, right? Because you know everyone's been talking about oh is COVID gonna you know repress voter turnout, but the combination of everybody being aware of this election passionate about this election they might not be passionate about the candidate on the democratic side as much but they mm-hmm. are passionate about this who they want to vote out you know you got a situation where we're going to have historic turnout and the question is is that does that turnout, which candidate does that turnout favor you could certainly make a plausible argument like bob has and certainly played out in 2016 maybe maybe trump gets more folks sort of off the couch folks that weren't in the political arena right roughly only half of them eligible americans vote anyway it's not like you have to go that deep to get more folks or maybe this is just the embodiment of the wave that biden is 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 riding and the polls are actually undercounting what biden will end mm-hmm. up with because they're underestimating the the turnout around youth around you know women around you know, suburban groups around, uh, you know, folks over 65, all groups that on average favor Biden.
0: Sure, sure. I think you're right to say there is going to be an effect, but it's very hard to see what that effect is going to be. I was actually thinking about asking you guys, which states do you think this is going to have the largest effect on and which way might it take them? But I suspect that we'd all be just talking out of our asses there. Albert, go for it. Talk out of your to, ass. To, to
2: talk out of my ass, I mean, <laughs> I think the only one, the, the question is, right, is I think if, if it would have the biggest effect, in my thought, of, of like, like let's say sort of a surprise factor, it would be in some of these states that are traditionally red that then would go blue. And you'd be like, how did it go blue? Oh, it's because the turnout was just insane amongst one side. To play the other side, how does... How does trump win pennsylvania if there's not a if there's a polling maybe that polling error is that there was just a huge you know amount of turnout for for trump that was just totally underestimated mm-hmm. i think that's where it could play out in one of these states where you would think it was going to go a different way sure sure
0: i have one last question before we dive into the role-playing scenario that we're going to be doing um do you guys see amy coney barrett as uh, as being one of the issues that's going to push the outcome of the election in one way or another?
1: I don't think so, Matt. Um, the reason why I say that is because Trump's gotten three justices through now. Um, so at this point, like, he has done what, you know, in one term of a Republican president, he's gotten three justices appointed to the Supreme Court. That His work here is done. Now the court is really young. Breyer, i guess maybe thomas would be the next justices you know to go if we're going to be morbid just looking at their age but let's be serious like he got three justices in they're all in their 40s or 50s so um he's done that job i think voters will be happy who trump's base will be happy but i don't think see it having a major effect
0: agreed um i actually looked into this a little bit Earlier today, and I think Justice Breyer is 82 right now, mm-hmm. which is not young. But I assume they're gonna do everything they can to keep him on life support as long as possible.
1: maybe <laughs> Put his
2: brain in a vat if they can. Matt, this election coming up is stress stressful enough. Let's <laughs> <laughs> can we can we wait until the, the second week of November to worry about that? <laughs> All right, I, I'm I'm just
0: trying to say that. I think there are three justices over 70. So I, you say that the court is young, but the, the, that's those three of them are pretty old. So, um, and my parents, if they listen to this, are going to be very unhappy at me for saying that. They're older, so, older. <laughs> they're, they're older <laughs> than people who are younger than them. How about that? Perfect. I'll yes. put that out there. That I don't think true. that's controversial. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now I want to try out the role playing scenario. Um, Albert, you're going to be a schoolgirl. Bob, you're going to be a. <laughs> That's not what I signed up for. Single <laughs> professor. No. <laughs> and I'm going to be the cop. Uh, <laughs> 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 no. All right. So role-playing scenario number two. Instead of that. <laughs> um, so Albert, you're going to be taking on the role of Biden landslide, uh, mm-hmm. which we've decided is going to be over 380 electoral votes mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna be taking on the easy one Biden by a little bit and Bob you're gonna be taking on Trump has a chance uh, mm-hmm. so without further ado Albert why don't you go for it why do you think that Biden will win by
2: a landslide sure um, so I'll make that case so the first thing is uh, look at the polls if you just look at the polls Biden is up by, on average, and all these numbers I cite are from the averages from 538, nine points nationally. And I think you could make a credible argument, which I will, that he has the wind at his sails, meaning that he won both debates, both on the the numbers in terms of polls afterwards. You've got, unfortunately, the economy in a really bad place. You've got COVID about to spike, and as we said earlier, spiking in places where it really matters, and you had what ultimately was Trump's October surprise, this ludicrous story that Giuliani brought about Hunter Biden's supposed uh, conspiracy, landed with a thud, and you even have uh, Vladimir Putin defending Hunter Biden, saying that he didn't think it was criminal. And I read that story on Fox News, which I assume is the gold standard for uh, debunking a claim. Um, But in all seriousness, you know, it's just important to remember, right, that a polling error one way to the left or to the right is is just as likely so you know everybody who's rooting for biden that's listening is hoping that it won't be like like last time and i assume everybody who's listening who's hoping for trump hopes it won't be like 2012 when Ob- when uh, obama exceeded his numbers um you know and mm-hmm. one of the things and this is just based in nothing but my own opinion but i think that if pollsters have any type of incentive to overcorrect especially when you have Biden who is the is accepted at 9 points on average i think that they're going to adjust their models so that they don't say 10 11 12 13 because they're worried that they won't be taken seriously so i think that if i had to guess i would bet the uh, the error would be on the side of Biden as opposed to against him just to wrap up quickly you know i think also you know, the models say that Biden has a 30 percent chance of a wave sort of blowout election, whereas Trump has a 12 percent chance of just winning. Right. So if you're nervous about Trump winning, then you should be three times as optimistic as as you are nervous that that Biden would would win big. You know, and I guess the the, the last thing I would say is just if you take a step back for a second and forget about that this is Trump and all the baggage that that carries, right? Both the PTSD from 2016 and the sort of very real, um, you know, political um, games, gamesmanship that he has been very successful at, or, or Biden, you know, you have a deeply unpopular incumbent in the middle of an economy that is absolutely in, the, in terrible shape in the middle of a national crisis that has been bungled, right? If you look at American political history in the 20th century, that brings Herbert Hoover in 1932 and Jimmy Carter in 1980, both of which lost in historic landslides. So I think that's just something to, to consider. Now, to the question of 380, Biden basically has to win everything just to get to 374. He needs to win Texas to get to 412. So I think that yes, it's 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 a little optimistic to say he's gonna win Texas, but you know, there are credible polls that came out from, you know, the University of Texas at Tyler, the you know, and other places with Biden up in Texas. Is 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 he the favorite? No. Is it certainly possible? Absolutely. And I, I think that's something people need to consider.
0: So I I think it's more likely that he's going to, that Biden is going to squeak by in this one. Um, I I like the point that you had about presidents usually losing under bad economies. Um, And up until about 2000, late 2019, early 2020, I was saying, no, Trump's going to win because the economy is doing fine right now. Like that, was, that was my main argument, and I was absolutely sure he was going to win because the economy was doing fine. There was very low unemployment. And I think he's still arguing at this point that he, under normal circumstances, is good at keeping a strong economy running. So whether you believe that or not, that's one of his arguments right now. Um, but in this current scenario, that's not exactly what's happening. Um, so... I'm looking at an electoral map right now, and I have Biden at 278 and Trump at 260. So Biden up by about 18, and I think it's a reasonable map. Um, I have Arizona going to, to Trump, I have Texas going to Trump, I have Florida going to Trump, I have North Carolina going to Trump and Ohio going to Trump, but I have Pennsylvania going to Biden, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota all going to Biden. I see those at least with the way polls are going right now, and as you said, I believe that pollsters are going to be trying to compensate for just how poorly they did in 2016, but we'll see what happens with that. If the pollsters are generally correct here, it's likely to go towards Biden. Um, so that's that's one of my arguments here. Um, I also think that it's a little less likely that he's going to win a landslide because of the amount of disinformation that's being hurled around. There's a lot of uh, misinformation in terms of whether or not your vote counts or, or is going to play a big difference in the election. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, attempts to keep people from even going out to the polls. Also, unemployment is one of the things that might keep him from winning in a landslide. Um, Trump's making arguments right now that um, Biden is destroying jobs with his push to deal with climate change, which is definitely a problem we need to deal with in the long run, um, That. Dealing with climate change is likely to end up costing a lot of jobs. Um, but Biden has said outright he is not planning on banning fracking. Um, the farthest he's planning on going in Pennsylvania is getting rid of fracking on federal lands, which I would say is reasonable. Uh, Albert, you harkened back to the Teapot <laughs> Dome scandal yesterday, which I had to do a little bit of searching for in order to remember what that was. But it was a situation where federal lands were being sold for very cheap prices. Uh, to to people interested in delving into them for oil, um, I see election shenanigans of various sorts being something that might keep Biden from getting a huge lead. Um, just in terms of the fact that um, Republicans have control over a lot of these states' major government apparatuses, um, Texas, Florida, Ohio. I know Kasich isn't really working for Trump these days, but. Uh, Yeah, I I see that as being another player. Um, And I suspect that we're going to see Trump declare a win on election night without all the votes counted. Like, we're saying ourselves there are 62 million votes that are not going to be able to be opened until election day, right? Like, I seriously doubt that there's a way to process 62 million votes on election day. that's that's just not feasible i don't think even from a programming standpoint like i'm thinking of a database processing 62 62 million records and that that takes a little while so i i seriously doubt we're going to have all that information on election day and i suspect that trump is going to try to declare victory then and that's definitely going to muddy the waters so i think that Mm -hmm. biden is going to squeak through with a win especially based on the the polls that we're seeing right now But there are a lot of things working to prevent it from being a huge landslide.
1: Yeah, so I have the task, uh, since I'm the resident most conservative member of the bunch, of uh, talking about a Trump, um, a win by Trump. Now, I don't think that no matter what your political leanings are, I think you have to resign yourself to the fact that there is no such thing as a Trump landslide in this case based on all the polls and based on the current approval rating. I don't think that's possible. So um, here's why I think that Trump still has a chance. So if we look at 2016, if we look at polls in Ohio, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Florida, North Carolina, they're not all that much different from where they were in 2016. So this really all comes down to the question of what was the polling error in 2016? if it was, in fact, what a lot of Trump's base likes to claim, which is that they are less likely to answer polls because they're, you know, embarrassed to say that they support Trump, or just because the, they skew um, older and uh, more conservative, that they're less likely to answer polls or answer them truthfully, then I think that Trump still has a chance at all of these states. And if we look at If we look at where President Trump has been in the last week, on the same day he was at a massive rally in Allentown, Pennsylvania, then he went down to Pensacola, Florida. And I think he even went to North Carolina. That might have been over like two or three days, but he is running riot with his rallies right now. And it all comes back to Ohio. Ohio looks like it's slightly leaning towards Trump. And if 2020 isn't that year where Ohio isn't as good of a predictor anymore, then Trump could easily squeak out. He would need to win Florida, which I think with the state legislature controlled by Republicans and probably being less kind to early voting in that state He has a huge shot to win Florida if Trump wins Florida, Ohio makes it through in North Carolina, wins Wisconsin and then also wins Pennsylvania, then I think then that puts him over the top. he wins in that case even he can even lose Arizona and Colorado and Nevada which he's probably going to lose um, he can lose Minnesota but if he wins Pennsylvania Ohio and Florida and Wisconsin, then that's going to put him at 279 votes. Even if he loses Wisconsin, he can win Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. And if I put Wisconsin blue on my map, then it's 269 to 269, and we decide on the House of Representatives, assuming he wins one electoral vote in Maine, which I think he does. Um, contested election, I really don't want to see it, but I think 269 to 269 is in the realm of possibility if he wins that one electoral vote from Maine. But... I also want to reiterate with Matt, like, the closer this election is, um, the uglier it's going to get. So a very, very close election is probably not something that most Americans would want to see. Whether or not they realize it on today's date right now, on October 27th, it will will get very, very ugly and erode trust in government even more.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I my hope is definitely for a landslide so we don't have things get real ugly. Um, so on that, why don't we drop the drop the charade? Why don't we drop our our role playing personas we were taking on? Sure. <laughs> um I'll stop I'll take off my Robin Wizard hat, for instance. Um <laughs> What do you guys think is actually going to happen? So I I it was easy for me because I actually think it's gonna be Biden getting by, like squeaking by. Albert, Bob, what uh, what do you actually believe is gonna happen in this?
1: I'm with you in the squeaker camp, Matt. I um, this the states that I predicted to be upsets, uh, for you know in favor of Trump. I think it's pretty. I think upsets are, are going to disproportionately, if they happen, happen in the favor of President Trump. So, like I mentioned earlier, I see Wisconsin going for him. I see Florida going for him. I don't even think it's going to be much of a contest in Florida. To be perfectly honest, I think he's going to win Florida and win it fairly soundly. I think the 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 vote will end up being close, but I see him winning Florida. I also see him winning Ohio.
0: Yeah, I think the the one that I don't see him winning that you had mentioned during your um, argument was Pennsylvania. Like uh, Biden's been up. For a while, by quite a oh, bit. Yes. at this Point. So how I,
1: I... I really believe, I really believe that Trump is going to lose Pennsylvania. Yes. The main reason I think that is because of negative partisanship on the left, and Philadelphia is a massive urban center. One thing we need to realize is that the urban-rural divide is much much larger, and most urbanites are voting for Democrats. A vast majority of urbanites are both voting Democrat, mm-hmm. and, and most. Well, yes, the majority of suburbanites are voting Democrat, but the majority of folks who live in rural areas are voting Republican. So that divide is growing, and I think the left is really, really activated, and I think the negative partisan of the left is going to be much more activated in Pennsylvania than it would in a state like Wisconsin, which is why I have Wisconsin going for Trump and why I have Pennsylvania going for Biden. So if I add everything up, I have North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, and Wisconsin going for Trump, but I have Pennsylvania, Virginia, Ar- and Arizona going for Biden, and, uh, and Michigan. So all the other states, which are pretty safely red or blue, that gives Biden two hundred and seventy-nine electoral votes.
2: Albert, what do you think? Yeah. Um, so I, 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 think I was definitely. Uh, I, I don't. I think Texas is a bit of a long shot. Um, I mean, it's it's certainly it's certainly possible, but uh, I'm I'm not going. Yang would have uh, won Texas. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not confident going going on the record like this, saying I think he's going to win Texas. That that being said, I I think pretty much everything else, shy of you know Georgia and Ohio, I think I think uh, I think Biden's going to get. So that 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 makes him at a at a lock for 340. And I I would say count me optimistic. I think that if 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 the polls are wrong, I do think they're going to be a little bit wrong in in Biden's favor. And that could make things interesting in both Ohio and Georgia, but I don't think interesting enough to to make it Texas as well.
0: All right. Um, I could ask another question here. How do you guys think the Senate's going to go? But I think that would end up turning into a 15 minute discussion there. And I don't know if I want to open that can of worms.
1: I think if you look at the Senate right now, the Republicans have more seats to defend than the Democrats do. The parties tend to take turns because Senate terms are six years. Only a third of the states have their Senate elections up at any given time. So the the parties tend to take turns more or less as to like what, who's up for grabs um, and who's not and, each party takes turns defending more seats than they have a chance to win, where the party is currently not in power. So it's the Republicans' turn to be on the defensive. So you have to be on the defensive during a an election season with a very unpopular incumbent um, and some close Senate races, like Lind- Lindsey Graham. Until I guess very recently, he started to pull away again, but he was running a tight race very until very recently. So. Um, that just goes to show you, I think there are a lot of races that are going to be closer than we think. And I think the Democrats have a very strong chance of retaking the Senate.
0: Albert, what do you think Democrats or Republicans controlling the Senate after all
2: this? I think the Democrats will control, but by a very narrow margin, probably 50 or 51, um, because of factors that we could talk about for a long time after this that, that do ultimately favor Republicans. However, I would just say that I think the one thing that Wait, Democrats. factors that are favor
0: Republicans or factors that favor Stru- Republicans?
2: Structurally. Structural, oh, sure, okay. Structural factors. Okay. But I, I I, would say that, um, you know, I, I think the Democrats, the, the, the thing they have going for them is both the states that are up and also the fact that American politics have been nationalized. So if this is a referendum on Trump and and nationally Biden is up by nine points, that just, that can't help but be, you know, helpful for Democratic candidates, even in more conservative places like North Carolina, in places that are on the bubble and changing like Arizona, even places like, you know, even Montana, right? Or Maine, which are those two ones where I would say mm. that they're more local in terms of their issues. But maybe if, you know, if, if Biden wins big, like really big, you know, then he's going to drag the Senate with him. If, if it's closer, then, then, it gets, then it gets really interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, another thing to consider for the elections being more national at this point is the amount of money flowing in. I don't want to, again, I don't want to delve into this too much, but there's a lot of money going into these various elections right now. Yeah. Um, Sarah Gideon, for one, has been pulling in huge numbers and contributions from the coasts.
2: And, and that will be a story, both if the Democrats win, the story will be about the role that money had, ironically, money in politics, and how it benefited democrats and how trump blew somewhere between one and one and a half billion dollars in terms of the cash edge that he had on trump wow that is going to be something where folks folks are going to be doing a lot of a lot of hand wringing
0: all right on that note i think we should wrap it up um first off end of show housekeeping please 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 share with your friends and family Please make sure to follow us on Twitter. We have our handle, bampodcast1776, not doing the jingle this time. (laughs) Uh, You can email us at bampoliticaltalk at at gmail.com. Please tell us what you think. Send us your electoral maps. Make sure to rate us five stars or more on whatever medium you're using in order to listen to us. Albert, I hear you've got a shout-out.
2: Absolutely. I want to give a special shout-out to one of our dedicated listeners, uh, Nikhil from uh, Vermont. Uh, thank you for all of your great questions you keep sending me that we keep ignoring. I promise <laughs> that uh, after the election, <laughs> we will get to them. They're good ones. And uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, I'd
0: just like to say to to, to our listener there in Vermont, uh, I haven't. I wasn't aware that we had a number of listener questions that haven't reached my ears. So Albert's going to get a talking to after this. Um, anyways, <laughs> thanks for listening to BAM Political Talk with Bob, Albert, and Matt. Albert, thanks for joining.
2: Thanks for having
1: me, Matt. And thanks, Bob. You bet, Matt.
0: See y'all next time.